Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. And we are again joined by Arlen, who is not abroad. She is up in Upper Manhattan. How's it going? Hello. Good. Welcome back. Now, look, we are we are going to talk about Married at First Sight at the in our media therapy part of the episode. Is it actually media therapy for you? (laughs) (laughs) No, it sounds like torture. It's media torture. It's media torture. Uh, (laughs) But you know what? Don't worry. I because my media therapy, I'll tell you all about the season finale of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Oh, I'm teasing. I'm dropping teases. You can't you can't talk about that because I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to okay. give my impressions, my spoiler free impressions on the finale, which I watched at 730 in the morning this okay. morning. Wow. I took the day off. I took today off. I played hockey last night. I took a I took a Z quill to knock me out. And I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to get to sleep in. I woke up at 7 a.m. <laughs> Sucked. Not exactly what you want on a day off. But that's how it goes. No, that's exactly what you want on a day off. You want to wake up and use the most of the day, don't you? You don't want to sleep in on a day off. I want to sleep in. I have the whole day. The day that I would normally spend working, I could do whatever I want, which in in a day off and I can't go anywhere, that would be nothing. Why can't you go anywhere? Isn't New York open? New York's open. I can go any place in New York. And I yeah. did go place in New York because let me tell you something. I'm a few drinks in thanks to uh, Arlen's husband over there. <laughs> <laughs> Starting this out soft. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, like, the, um, the, the last episode that you came on here drunk, you sounded like you made a fool of yourself. You're a hot mess. <laughs> I might I might do it again. The night is young. But uh, yeah, I've had a few drinks. I've had a couple couple drinks. I, I was one drink in, and then all of a sudden, Craig sends this uh, this watermelon drink to the table, and Ooh. everybody had their drinks. They all everybody took a sip, and they decided it was too fruity for them. But as <laughs> perfect, you for guys you. probably know, nothing is too fruity for me. The <laughs> my fruity ceiling does not exist. We have there are no roofs to my seal to my fruity house. That's I don't know what that means. But <laughs> I need. <laughs> it means- I really, I really need to rewind for a minute though, because you just casually told us during an ongoing pandemic that you drank a drink that everyone else drank out of. No, no, no. They had they had, uh, they had straws, so they took a sip okay. of it from a straw. Still, still though, mm. I mean. This well, is this is why people. America needed the vaccine because I'm you vaccinated. Guys don't know. Fully I know, vaccinated. but this is why this is why I got the immunity. Look, you I were got never going to get through this pandemic by just like following rules. <laughs> like Look, you needed I am, modern medicine. I am double. You. I am double immune. Okay, what does that mean? That means I have the Pfizer German vaccine coursing through my veins, and I'm pretty sure I am fifty percent matcha. To blood ratio in my uh, veins as well. So that's like, you know, that's a lot of antioxidants. I got a lot of firepower against any sort of disease that's coming my way. So bring it on, COVID. Good luck. Battleground. That's not double immune. Triple? You think triple? No, I'm double immune because I had COVID yeah. and I'm fully vaccinated. So how I much, am double immune. Yeah, but how much matcha do you drink? None. <laughs> okay, so then you're at a disadvantage versus me, who's got all these antioxidants in in them. 
So I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. We read about it. That's what it said. Okay. Look, I, 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 I'm not going to talk about these uh, banana oat muffins I made this weekend because they were not good and I fucked up and I forgot to add the oil and they just tasted (laughs) too healthy. So, but I I do want to talk about that. I heard something earlier in the week, which disturbed me. I heard it on Monday and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Okay. I was on a call with my uh, development team in Lithuania and they said a saying, I'm going to read it in Lithuanian. Okay. And then I'll tell you what it means. Okay, but here we go. I'm gonna try to read this. Pirmas blinas dasniausai prisviles. All right. And what that means Practice is this ahead of time. No. <laughs> of course you didn't. No, I didn't. Or ask anyone how to properly pronounce any of the words you just said. You could have called, you could be making fun of someone's someone's mother. You don't Probably wouldn't even did. know. Then I apologize to that person's mother. What that means is the first pancake comes out burnt. Yeah, that's yeah, you throw away the first one. No, no, it's the dog pancake. Well, well, first of all, you've never heard that saying before, the dog pancake? Never heard the dog pancake, and also usually it's the opposite because the surface that you're cooking on is not hot enough. So the, it's not that the pancake comes out burnt, it's that it comes out underdone. That's usually how it goes. Like you got a pale, sad pancake. Now, look, as someone who's perfected the art of making pancakes over the last year, I, I think I'm safe enough to say that. Right. Can we agree? You've seen the pictures on Instagram. Haven't yes. tasted your pancakes, though. They look OK, but I haven't tasted them. Come on. So show up. Just, just going to just going to put that out there. You've never you didn't cook any breakfast when you stayed at my house over Christmas because I didn't have the skill. I didn't have the talent, but I'm Fair ready. Enough. I'm ready to Fair I'm enough. ready to go to Phoenix and make you and your family pancakes. You just say it. Let me know what it's going on. I'll put. I'll strap on the onesie and I'll make you. Guys <laughs> All right. That's that's what we'll do. But it's the opposite, right? Like who's burning the first pancake? Is that a thing? Yeah. Ah, uh, I haven't burnt the first pancake, but it never comes out quite right. At least that's like the theory. Right. And so. You give the first pancake to the dog. That's why it's the dog pancake. Unless they're chocolate chip. Yeah, well, then you can't give it to your dog. Then who do you give it to? Well, I guess you just I, don't trash, make the first pancake. I pa- guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that dog. It's never. The taste is not lost. It's just a paler complexion. You just got to leave it on longer. The problem is people are just in a, in a goddamn hurry to make pancakes. Yeah, you just got to wait. Yeah, you just got to let that thing, uh, you got to let the surface heat up. You got to let it heat up. You got to let it go properly. What you do, you get you, you dabble your fingers in some water, you spritz the water on there, and you just look for that sizzle. And if, it, if the water just sits there and chills, then you know that that surface is not hot enough. That's the trick. That's true. That's a free, That's uh, it's a free tip for you guys who's trying to make pancakes. I just don't know what they're doing in Lithuania. That they're burning these pancakes. What are they doing? Well, I mean, you brought up that pink soup again, and then I I felt my stomach rumble when I looked at I the images. That, so there is. I that. said that before this podcast. That's what I, I mean. The, pink soup, the, the pink soup is rough. Arlen, are you aware of this pink soup? I mean, I've heard about it. You've heard us talk about it. 
Yeah, sounds gross. Yeah, it's sorry, Lithuanian fine. people. It's I'm not, sure you're a lovely doesn't... people, but this cold beet <laughs> soup is, it is, it's everything. I forgot about this. It's everything of my nightmares. All I feel like it's your, but there's an egg in there. It's like savory. I feel like you'd Ew. be into that. Exactly. No, Ew. <laughs> an egg and beets. No. And here's the thing. I like beets. Okay. Uh-huh. And I, I think I've told you that I've made beet and banana pancakes. Nope. And or just like beet pancakes too. Uh, and I've made them nope. for Greg and he actually really liked them. And he doesn't even really like he only likes golden beets usually. So like this was like a victory, you know? So I like beets, but not not an egg beet soup. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna reiterate what I said, because I, I had it. I'll try it I'll try anything once. Except for the murder fish. I won't I won't try the fish that'll kill you in Japan. That's we never did that. What? The the, and, the toxic fish? Yeah, the fish that you have to sign a waiver to eat. I'm not doing oh, that. Yeah. Don't need it. Because apparently it doesn't even taste that great. But when I'm in when I'm in another country and someone's like, hey, go to this place and eat this thing because it's fugu our delicacy. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about fugu. That's what it yeah, exactly. Pufferfish. Yes. The, uh, it's the American term for it. Yeah, but when when someone in Lithuania says, hey, when you're here, eat this thing and go to this place, I'm like, all right, well, that's your thing. So I'll, I'll try it. Then I'll do it. And well, I tried this true. stuff. You wouldn't eat horse with that dude, Japan. I didn't go to his island. If I went to the island, I'd, I'd do it. Hmm. He said, come to my island. We eat horse. I never went to the island. I didn't do the first part, so I couldn't do the second part. It's as simple as that. But in Lithuania, I tried the pig soup. I tried it. I got that. I got the pierogi, like the, uh, you know, the potato dumpling. And, yeah. you know, in both cases, uh, you know, the first two, the first few bites, I was like, this is pretty good. And then a few bites later, I was like, why is there so much of it? You don't like pierogies? It's fine. It's just heavy. It's just a lot. You're like eating a giant French fry. You don't want to go to Veselka <laughs> and like eat pierogies? They were big, like these these things that I were eating. They were huge. I don't think I've ever I'm had sure a pierogi. I'm sure the pierogies before. at Veselka are huge too. It, huh. It's fine. I, it's I know like, what pierogi is. I've never had one before. Looking you're at basically eating meat wrapped in a baked potato, wrapped in mashed potatoes. Huh. Okay. It's kind of the best way it's to like explain it. Like a potato. It. Yeah, it's like a potato dumpling thing. Now, now I'd like to see the sweet potato variant of that. Can you do that? Is that possible? Can I have a sweet potato pierogi? Oh, I'm looking at this Lithuanian image where it's like pierogi. It's like a bowl <laughs> of this pink soup with pierogies on the side. And it's just yeah. like, it's just, it if it like, wasn't like so like nuclear pink and purple. <laughs> it is like, Pepto pink. It, it is, is like. It's super, super yeah, pink. Like this has to be the yeah. pinkest food on earth. It's definitely, definitely. It's it's definitely the the pinkest it's definitely the pinkest course because if you were to compare it to like other edible pink things Pepto-Bismol would be like tied (laughs) for color of pink of shades of pink otherwise I can't there's no way anything else is that pink the weird the only thing more of a purple color than it is well there's a couple different versions like some of it are I'm telling you that shit was pink what I had was pink yeah, and there was a, a little versions. bit of shredded beet, and there was also like a chopped up hard boiled egg, and I didn't need that. That was like a weird surprise that I that I did not need <laughs> thrown in. Just sneak up on you as you were drinking through the through the pink, it just did. this white and yellow thing popped out. Yeah, exactly. It's like yolk surprise, and I'm like, thanks. Didn't need that. Could have could have just 
kept that there. Uh, you could have just stayed underneath the surface. But like I said, there was there's just too much of it. I didn't need a bowl. I needed like a thimble of it, and I would have been good to go. Yeah. But yeah. alas, I, you know, this, this saying about their pancakes, I don't know what they're doing. Look, what I need is I need about $200 US so I could open a proper pancake restaurant in all you need is Lithuania. In New York $200. City. $200. If, $200? if I have $200, I think I could run that place for about three years. If I have $200, I highly doubt I'm that. looking for investors to invest $200 into my Lithuanian pancake restaurant so I could. So I could just show them the way and kill in, oh, you're this talking about phrase. in Lithuania. You say in if Lithuania. I, so, oh, so you know what? Let, yeah. let, let's talk this out because I'll give you 200. I want to see this. Great. <laughs> I'll double it. I'll give you 400 bucks if you'll oh, move wow. to Lithuania oh, and start this restaurant. Uh, I didn't. I was going to hire a proxy, but I guess I guess I'd have to have some hands on time. You got to go there first. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right. You give me the $400. Word. Okay. And, and but again, I go though, there. If, if, it, yeah. if it fails before mm. three years, what happens? I get, I give you back the four hundred dollars plus plus interest plus heavy interest. Wait, what's what's whoa? What kind of interest are you looking for? Twenty percent. Oh, over three years. Every year, twenty percent. Oh, wait a minute. So that's enough. All right. So I know you like what, like eight hundred? Well. Yeah, so, so like seven hundred dollars. So, by the end. so here's the thing, right? If it fail, the interest drops as you go on. So, if it fails in the last year, you owe me twenty percent. If it fails in the two year, in two years, you owe me forty percent. If it fails in the first year, you owe me sixty percent on top of my four hundred. Hmm. All right. I think that could be. Yeah. Okay. So I opened it in Conus. That's meant to be apparently a cultural center of Europe. I'll open it there. Uh, I'll serve my uh, patented. Well, trademark, uh, patent pending, um, matcha mochi pancakes, of course, will also serve normal pancakes, you know, for the, for the normies out there who can't handle the delicious matcha stuff. And yeah, I think, uh, that, that sounds like a good deal. So $400. All right. I'll let you know when I, when I arrange my, when I make all my arrangements and I need that investment, but yeah, 400 bucks, that should give me running for it. Like I said, when I went out there, when I went out there and I was there for like three days, Maybe a little more. My ex- my total expense report was like twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars. Really? Yeah, yeah, twenty five dollars. Now, granted, I couldn't get an iced tea. I don't know if I'd survive right. in Lithuania. You, you couldn't get an iced tea here either in New Zealand. So yeah, you people couldn't understand the combination of ice and tea. No, why would you want cold tea when you can have it hot? Because it's why would you because it's want hot outside? Because it's hot outside. It's it's refreshing. It's the it's difference between hot something. Here. What are you talking about? It's always it's always right around too 70, many 60, 70 degrees. Too many cues from the British. Where yeah, that's true. That's it's exactly what it like, is. <laughs> what do you what do you mean you want something refreshing? That's not what we do. We do depression <laughs> drinks. Yeah, which are hot, hot stuff. <laughs> hot stuff that's just gonna bring you down. It's gonna just mellow you down further, and you're gonna be upset. And it's gonna remind you of the stormy weather outside, whether or not it's stormy or not. I can't disagree with you. I think you're right. Yeah. I <laughs> went I I wrote into Google Translate at a cafe across from the hotel I was staying at. I said, Do you have ice? And she just looked at me and said, No. <laughs> no. So ice didn't exist, let alone an iced 
tea. So that's the other thing I'll do. I'm going to tell you what, this whole like pancake endeavor, it, it, not only am I going to kill this phrase, it needs it needs to go away. It needs to die. This whole this whole first pancake comes out burnt thing needs to it needs to go away forever. So I need it. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to expose the country toward to iced tea and it's going to blow their minds and I'm going to make waves. I'm going to be a baron of Lithuania. I look forward How does to that it. Sound? Let, let me know when you want me to send you the, I mean, we don't write checks anymore, right? I just got a notice yeah. from my bank that they no longer Don't send me a checks. check. Never send um, me a check. I never want to see a check in my life. Your bank doesn't accept checks. Yeah, well, my bank in New Zealand sent me an email that's like, hey, just so you know, June 1st, not accepting checks anymore. <laughs> so. Checks checks are for old people who like to hold up cash register lines. When's the last that's, time either of you wrote a check? Holy shit. This month. Oh, oh my wow. God. You're one of those people. I pay. I have to pay my rent by check. No, you. Yeah, but you could do it through your bank online. Do you have Chase? Yeah, and then they're gonna charge me an extra twenty five dollars. I'm not giving my landlord extra money. Whoa. Yeah, my bank doesn't do that. Yeah, and also we write two checks. We each write a check, and so it would be an extra fifty bucks. Hell no. You're keeping an industry alive. Yeah, <laughs> so seriously. thank you for your service. I haven't written a check Not since I voluntarily. moved. Voluntarily. Yeah, since I moved to New Zealand, I haven't written a check. I got here, and they were like, "What are you talking about? Everything's electronic." Welcome to the to the 20th century, or the the, yeah. the 21st century. Yeah, like when I moved here, had my little checkbook, and they're like, "What is that?" Like, no, 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 no. You can send money to to each other electronically with no fee. And you're like, what? And they're like, yeah, yeah. You don't swipe credit cards either. You just tap it on this thing, and it takes your money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is the future. <laughs> now, those so. are more ubiquitous now than they've ever been in the States. So tap to pay is great. I, I don't now taking out my credit card is more of an exception to the rule. It's great. It's wonderful. Mm. It's awesome. But yeah, yeah I ever I ever in a check in like decades. I mean, hell, there was in a decade, there was like a point where I wrote checks for my um, for my rent. And then when I realized Chase will send them out for free, I was like, great. I don't have to I don't have to do this anymore. And there was a point when I was working at GameStop where taking checks was the worst thing I could have ever done. So I just told people we didn't take checks, even though we did. But let's be real. (laughs) They had another way of paying someone at one point. You need to drag somebody into this current, you know, to your point, to the 20th century, kicking and screaming. I'm not going to take your your handwritten check. I don't know if it's real. Might be counterfeit. Yeah. Give me the cash. Give me the cash or give me the credit. That's even better because I don't know if they count your shit at the end of the day. Yeah. I think the last time I paid with a check was rent before I moved yeah. here. Yeah. It, that's for the only sure. thing I used for was like basically dropping off a check to either some type of um, uh, rental agency or to your landlord directly. Um, my landlord in Savannah, she used to come through. She was a, she was a, a, a quite heavy chested woman and she would pull out all this money out of her bra and give us change. So like it was the sketchiest <laughs> thing between the three of us. I think our rent was 1200 bucks and we would go to the bank, take out this 1200 bucks and we would kind of sit there and be like, we don't feel comfortable having this much money in our Savannah, Georgia apartment. And we wait for our landlord to come in. She said, Hey honeys, how y'all doing? And she take all this money out of her <laughs> bra and she would start giving us change. And it was, uh, yeah, it was the, probably the most Southern, Southern thing ever. <laughs> so it, it worked out fun. Sound, sounds kind of sexy. Uh, no, it was a, no, it was a, it was a financial transaction that just felt a little more honest, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was very raw. It was like a raw landlord, uh, sort of deal, right? Yeah, it was good. All right. How much did you pay for that place? 
in Savannah. Twelve hundred. Savannah? It was twelve hundred for three people. That was back in two thousand and five. Was that a house? Wow. It was yeah, a it was house. A big house. It was, it was a, a big three house, bedroom, right? one bathroom house with oh. a kitchen. We paid twelve hundred bucks. I would have expected more for uh, for that bunch in Savannah. You expected more? No, I mean now probably, yeah. but back then Savannah wasn't nearly as much of a you know it wasn't as much of a metropolitan. No, I would. Know, I mean, I would have expected more space. I would expect a lot of space for that much. Yeah, it was like, a I would big have house. At least two bath. I would expect two bathrooms. At least. Nah, just one bathroom. But it was it was big though. It was it was a big place. Um, it was in a very interesting neighborhood. It, neighborhood had some life to it. There were people yelling outside and dogs barking. It felt good. You sit out on your porch and watch the neighborhood move. It was good. <laughs> so. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna take another tangent here because I only have two stories in the news to talk about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this tangent. I'm gonna run this by you guys. Okay. I was thinking because I can't leave the country, and I got I'm basically at my maximum vacation time. I was thinking about doing a like a tour of of the South, but specifically targeting Southern barbecue spots. Any opinions on that? What do you think? Cause I love barbecue. It's my favorite food. I've decided there's no, my favorite food is basically it's barbecue and then it's matcha sweets. And I you can't mean, get your those. favorite category of food. Is that what you're saying? Like if you were going to say like Japanese food or Mexican food for you, I mean like barbecue. if you were to ask me like, what's your favorite thing to eat full stop, it would be like a barbecue brisket. Southern barbecue brisket is probably my favorite thing. So where are you? So, so let's, let's, let's map this tour out for you. Right. So that's You're, the thing. Cause I don't, yeah. I don't know where to start. I figure like Kansas city has got to be on the list, right? Absolutely. Kansas city. Kansas city is the best. It's probably the place I've had the best barbecue at was Kansas city. Sure. They got, they're it's known really for ribs good. and, yes, I, and I, 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 I'm down for, I'm down for some ribs. It's very good. Yep. Memphis has to be in Memphis? your list. I would say Memphis is probably number one. Wow. Okay. I've not been to Memphis and had barbecue, but I've heard nothing but great things. All right. What what else you got? You got St. Louis, right? Sure. So all of Missouri, Tennessee area, you're going to have um Nashville has barbecue, yeah? Yeah, that's fine. I've been I've been though. I've been to Peg Lake Porkers, that's basically the best uh the best barbecue in Nashville. So I've been there. And I'll go back to Nashville for other reasons, but this would be like a specific barbecue tour. Now, granted, still the best the best brisket I've ever had. I still think is Salt Lake in Austin because that was that was good. I would say Austin, like Texas barbecue, has to be on your list if you're going to make this tour. Yeah, Um, you're missing North Carolina. North Carolina has some very good Mm, barbecue. I I think of places like Lexington, like Lexington, North Carolina. But again, these are small towns. There's not much going on. It's fine. I'm going for a very singular thing. I'm going for a very singular purpose. So if like hitting these towns where it's like, you know. I'm spending like 24 hours in the town and then I'm going to the next one. Yeah. So, I mean, Kentucky's got some good barbecue as well. Um, Ooh, did, like, there's Louisville? gotta be some Chicago area. I'm assuming Illinois around that area, just North of St. Louis probably has to have some good barbecue. Right, I don't right know. Arlen, what do you, we're out of the South. What is, what does Arlen know about barbecue? That's me riffing off the top of my head, but <laughs> I mean, zero. And I also have like no desire to go to any of these places. So <laughs> you guys are on your own. I mean, truly like as a, like as a mixed person who also is in an interracial marriage, like I just uh, intend to avoid the South at all costs as much as possible. So I don't know, I don't know, what, know. You're, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, I think they're fine. Just, you know, and also tell them you're kind of Jewish. <laughs> That'll, That'll go too. over real well. <laughs> I'm black. I'm an internet. I'm, a, I'm married to an Asian man and I'm Jewish. Just so you, that's, that's the t-shirt. Now give me some barbecue. Where do yeah, I get it? You, you might just freeze them. They might just go, I don't know what to do with this. So yeah, no problem here. Cool. <laughs> Someone will say, bless your heart. And it's all good. Right. Something like that, right? Yeah, totally. So would you make this trip driving? Would you drive through the South and do this? Uh, I'd fly some places and then, I, yeah, it just depends on no, what those spots are. No, this has are. to be a road trip. Look, right, it has to be. If yeah. you're doing any kind of a tour of anything, it's got to be a road trip. Absolutely, and, like, I agree. I've driven across the country, but it wasn't through the South. So I, I guess can't... it depends on where's the start, where's the end, because you might fly to the start and then fly back from the end and drive in between. Sure. Maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's the move. I'm pulling up a map here, right? So I'm, I'm still, pull I'm up still a map. figuring it out. And if like, you're I gonna, don't know. Now, it's now literally, only, this is a shower yeah. thought yesterday morning. The only okay. flaw in your plan is that There's I would say of some of the best the steak, the best steak I've ever had is in Los Angeles, like barbecue steak, like tri-tip. That's a big oh. thing in, in California. That's yeah, like California's right. claim to fame on barbecue is the tri-tip mm-hmm. steak. And also, Hawaii sure. is also oh. known for big pig roast barbecue style so those two if you wanted to fly you know what else you know what else they have in hawaii what's that they got eggs and things in hawaii because i can get those uh whip with those whip those towers of whipped cream i had never questioned my life (laughs) breakfast wise more than that day we ate at that place um (laughs) so yeah this is uh this is a place in we went to the one in osaka but it's like a chain of what they call Hawaiian pancakes, which basically means pancakes with some, um, what is that? With like a compote and then a mountain of whipped cream on every pancake. It was a lot. It's it like good. literally a mountain. Like it was the, there yeah. was more whipped cream than pancake. A hundred percent. It wasn't even close. On each, wait, but on each pancake? Yeah, I believe so. So how it was many good, pancakes yeah. were in an order and how is it plated? Uh, let me find the picture. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah it was like uh, yeah there's like um, it was a lot of whipped cream I'd say it was probably like in a, a 70-30% ratio of whipped cream to pancakes okay it was one mountain of whipped cream but it's a big mountain pancake. It's a yeah big mountain. it is a big mountain so I'm just, I just found like a google search here so Arlen I'll text it to you and you can see it uh, okay Oh, All right, so if you're going to do this, Jason, I would say you have to start in Chicago. Because I think you can go from Chicago, you can go through Illinois. But that's not the South. But 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 again, though, you're doing a barbecue tour, right? Yeah. But that's the thing is that, I mean, otherwise, you've got to start in, you've got to start in like Louisville, Kentucky. You got to start like in Lexington, maybe? Sure. Or hey, Nashville. Look, there's, a place in Lu- there's a place in Louisville, Kentucky that I've wanted to go to called Eat, I think it's called. And they had like this crazy thing that I wanted to try. Or, or how, how about this, right? Are you yeah. trying to go, would you rather go east to west or west to east? Which direction would you rather start in? Doesn't, doesn't make a difference. So okay, so let's let's start let's start going west. Well, I guess it's a matter of familiar right? versus not familiar. Yeah. So, so go, if you wanted to start, yeah. you'd probably want to start in Austin, right? If you fly into Austin, yep. And you actually take this trip. You go up through Dallas, through yep. Oklahoma, got a, got Oklahoma a friend City. In Dallas. Okay. Go through Oklahoma City. Go Is to it Kansas City. in Oklahoma City. 
Go to Kansas City, St. Louis, Louisville, Nashville. Ooh, but then you got to backtrack to Memphis. All right, hold on. Oklahoma City, Kansas City, St. Louis, Memphis, up to Nashville, and then over into the Carolinas. You might have to miss Louisville on this. Louisville might be out of the way. Mm. So you go to Nashville. You can make your way over to North Carolina, and then you can fly home. You could do that. Okay. All right. Um, you can. I I don't I don't love barbecue enough to make that a trip personally. Um, you can't even. Good. You're not you're not even coming to the states. Yeah, and, and like, quite frankly, I haven't eaten meat in two years, right? So that also plays a big role into yeah, it. So th- Barbecue's is, not you know, good if you're not eating meat. It's as much you know, as, as, much as love meat. your company on this tour. It sounds like it sounds like you're out. I am out. Yes, I'm like, very it sounds out. like you're out. It sounds yeah. like like logistically speaking, you wouldn't even be able to do it. And then dietaries, dietarily speaking, is that a word? I ruin it for you. You'd be like, oh, think about the cow. I'd be like, fuck the cows. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it would go. It'd be yeah, something I mean, like I that. guess. How many days do you have? Right now? Well, how many I days like, would how many days can you spare to do this trip? Well, that's the thing. I don't know when the stuff is I don't know when the country's gonna when when they're gonna let me leave the country and go someplace so I could take like this, like a three week vacation. No, I'm talking so about this in point, this. I'm, no, I'm talking about this specific trip. Like, yeah, I figure I take like this, a week. I figure I take like a week. Yeah, you have to drive this trip. I agree with Arnold. You can't. This is a. But road it would trip. go like I feel like because especially yeah. since I'm staying in the states, like it's not like I'm being. It's not like I'm jet lagged, right? So you start. You leave on a Friday night, and then you go to the. So you have like maybe ten days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday through Friday. Then Saturday, come back the following Sunday. Right, that's ten days. Yeah, nine days. That's a good trip. That's I would a good give time. yourself at least that much time. But what do you mean that you can't leave the country? Like I could, there's limited places I can go if I wanted to travel. Like, you know, when John and I would go to Japan or these other Asian countries, right? Like we were, we were supposed to meet up in Sydney. Like that, that's what John and I were talking about. You know, we were going to, we were going to party with Chow in Sydney. And but you can't go there. And we can't go there because they're not gonna let us in until like twenty twenty two now. Oh, oh you, we? I, I I can't go there. <laughs> I you can't, can't go. they're not gonna let me in until like twenty twenty two. I can leave for Sydney tonight. Now they'll they'll let me in. Yeah. Now allegedly they'll let me into Lithuania to start my pancake empire by you know by the end of the summer. Allegedly You're creating businesses, highly skilled labor. Well, they'll just let people in if they're vaccinated. EU is apparently gonna open that up this summer at some point. Yeah. So I could open it up. I might have to be masked, but whatever. I'll cook pancakes masked if I have to. Mm-hmm. Not even going to make it. I'm just going to hire somebody to do it. Yeah. Well, look, I would say if it's your favorite food and that's a food trip, then yeah, I would make it happen. But I would definitely do a road trip and I'd find someone who has an equal love of barbecue with you because I think this would be more fun with a friend. Greg, Drew, I'm calling you guys out. Let's do it. <laughs> Is Drew a barbecue fan? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. That's the guy. Hell yeah. Drew's the guy. Greg will do it. Yeah, but we're already planning a different trip. Yeah, Where without you. you. Like, what's, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Without you, Jason. Wow. Okay. Where are you going? What's the trip? Uh, well, we're hoping to go to Italy and then back to Spain oh. in the fall. So I'm not invited. We'll see. Yeah, not this you're gonna, time. You're gonna go to um, <laughs> you're gonna go to Ibiza and get that sausage. <laughs> uh, 
I don't think we're going back to Ibiza, but it depends on um, if the Jin Mare competition is happening again and we can get an invite, then, you know, maybe we'll go back. I don't know. Depends on the timing. Um, but it's for a friend's wedding in Italy. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I probably don't know. Well, that sausage is worth the trip. Yeah. And as, and as and as it's been established, as you know, not a big sausage guy, but that <laughs> that sausage is it's quite good. Yeah. We really want to go back to Barcelona. You know, it was so fun. And my yeah. toe was broken, so we couldn't walk sure around as much as we wanted to. We so, you couldn't yeah. walk around. You could hobble around. I was able to walk around just fine. Uh yeah, I wanted to go back as well. When I left, I was like, yeah, that was a great time. I didn't do any of the tourist shit. I'd like to go back and do some of that stuff. Exactly. But, but I still I still yeah. had an awesome time. I would I would still go back and do the same thing all over again. Cause that was yeah. That was one of the best trips ever. It was a good time. So fun. Yeah. That sounds cool. Well, uh anything else you guys want to talk about before we get into some of these uh random ass news stories that I found at the last minute? No, I've got I've got nothing. I'd no. say we get into it. Right on. So I got two stories. Arlen, you're a guest, so I'll let you choose. I got a story about a giant tree. And I got a story about a loud lady. Which would I you I want to hear about like? the tree first. All right, right on. Reading from the CBC. Photo of massive tree being hauled down Vancouver Island Highway sparks global outrage. I don't know why. This is the top Reddit on uh, on the uh, World News Reddit. So I will send you guys the link. So you can see the picture of this tree. And then we can find out why they're so upset about it. Because I have no idea. BC Ministry of Forest confirms wow. tree was cut in 2020 and is being transported for processing. That's a big tree. BC is, yeah, it is. British Columbia. BC officials have confirmed that a massive spruce log photographed as it was hauled down a highway this week was cut on North Vancouver Island in 2020, months before new rules were introduced to protect giant trees. I guess that explains it. A photo of the tree taken by Lorna Beecroft of... Nanaimo on Tuesday made its way around the world on social media. As of Thursday, it had been shared more than 15,000 times on Twitter and 18,000 times on Facebook. She received messages decrying the loss of old growth trees from as far away as Japan, Denmark, and Germany. In an email response to CBC News, a spokesperson for the Ministry of Forests said the tree was cut between March and mid-August of last year and then transported by Western Forest Products a month before the special tree protection regulation came into effect on September 11th of 2020. Quote, government brought this brought in this regulation to protect exceptionally large trees of all species throughout the province. And today a tree of this size might well be illegal to harvest under the regulation and fines of up to a hundred thousand dollars could be imposed if it was and quote the email says Beecroft says she snapped the photo because she was stunned to see a large tree, a tree that large cut down, particularly in light of ongoing protests against old growth logging taking place not far away on southern Vancouver Island. Quote, it was actually rather mind boggling. It was so incongruous. I have never seen a tree that big on a truck. It could be a thousand years old. End quote, said Beecroft. 
The photo touched a nerve globally during a week in which more than 127 people were arrested trying to protect ancient trees near the Fairy Creek watershed. Demonstrators have massed near Port Renfrew to try to stop Teal Jones logging operations. The RCMP, I don't know what that stands for, and they don't tell me, have moved in to, to enforce a court injunction to remove protesters who impede legal logging in the area. Beecroft says she's no hippie nut, that's in quotes, as, she, as she's been <laughs> labeled by some people online. She used to work in the logging industry in the BC interior and says she supports logging, but feels ancient giant trees need protection. Quote, Especially right now, with with people fighting to make sure we don't log off these old grown trees. Holy cow, this is a tree like the ones they are fighting for, and it's driving down the road right now. And quote, said Beecroft's quote, it's like watching someone shoot the last dodo. We can't do this, end quote. Is it? Let's let's the sidebar there. Is it? Is it like someone shooting the last dodo? I mean, it's not that this, it's not so much that the tree's protected, right? It's the size of, or sorry, it's not so much the type of tree, it's the size of the tree. Yeah, these it's basically trees. a tree that's been there for a very, very long time versus, you know, they're obviously replanting trees and cutting them down for, for you know, furniture and other things we need wood for. So it's just the fact that we're cutting down these trees that have been here before Jesus was alive that they're objecting to. Before Jesus was alive. So many trees old, old, man. They're 2021 years old? Yes. I mean, some of these trees have been around for a long time. I guess so. Anyway, reading on. The Ministry of Forest clarified that the log had been transported to a floating log sorting area in the lower mainland for storage, was later sold, and was being transported to Port Alberni for processing when it was observed on the highway. Because it was cut before 2020 regulations came into effect, there is no con contravention of the special tree protection regulation the ministry email added john kendall a registered professional forester with kootsun we'll assume free grow tree shelters says the lumber alone that could be produced from the tree is valuable but there's more to it than that quote it's about 45 cubic meters and worth about thirty thousand dollars timber wise but the other values are priceless end quote he said it turns out the massive log will be milled in Port Alberni and turned into guitar parts at Acoustic Woods Limited, a small family-owned sawmill that produces musical instrument parts. Ed Dix, great name, of Acoustic Woods said the log will create about 3,000 guitar soundboards. Quote, we don't even like those logs. Dick said, quote, they're too big for us to handle, but when we buy the logs, we don't necessarily get to see and choose what we're buying, end quote. When she learned that the majestic log was destined for, Beecroft said she was pleased that at least it will be used to make something, quote, really wonderful, end quote. I don't know why people are so pissed about this giant tree. Like one, <laughs> one, one tree on a highway, and all of a sudden, everybody losing their shit. One tree on a truck. You don't know. You don't know why people are mad about this. I kind of get it, but it's it's one big ass log. But well, I mean, I guess yeah, it's it's one that you've seen. <laughs> this is right. the problem with internet outrage. You see one picture of a log, and then all of a sudden. Everybody's coming out to get you. Pitchforks out. You have no context. It's cut in 2020, allegedly. Of course, we don't know for sure. So I've, I've got a 
devil's advocate thing here. What if this tree was actually dying? It's a great question. Right? Because that does happen where trees kind of die and they're actually, it's not actually benefiting much to the ecosystem that it's in. And cutting it down is actually a better way instead of having it fall or deteriorate in a way. Now, I know you can say that's general natural nature, but I'm, that's the devil's advocate thing for me. Of no, that's a good point. There's a lot of these trees that are very old that, are, or that are dying or poisoned or all you know yeah. or they've caught some type of fungus disease that might or, affect the entire the rest of the and sure you can say it's nature but i feel like this is kind of jumping to conclusion because you see this big tree on a on a truck and you immediately assume someone cut this down today and they're destroying the forest it's like they might be but this also just might be a dead tree that's really big yeah or like you said a tree not contributing to the environment it's a deadbeat tree doesn't have a job it's just like chilling there sitting not just doing old. anything <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, what are you doing there sitting there? Like, oh, I'm 2,000 years old. It's like, whatever, man, get out there, contribute, make something of your life. Make just way for the young there. trees. Yeah. Stop hogging all the resources. What's wrong with you? Exactly. You don't know. Arlen, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think really what it is is like it's representative of a bigger problem, which is that there aren't enough regulations um, around – uh, logging to begin with, and there's a lot of illegal deforestation happening in this country and in Canada and in other countries. Um, and so, I mean, it's kind of, it doesn't really matter so much that it was cut down in 2020 before these regulations took place. The bigger problem is that trees like this are being cut down at all. And Yes, maybe some of them are dying or they're like not contributing or whatever, but you know, none of us are in the industry of forest management, so we really don't know how often that's the case. And I actually know several people who do work in the industry of forestry management oh, and wow. could speak to this uh, a lot more accurately than I can. Um, so I think these are all things that, you know, we need to think about and remember that there are people whose whole careers are about figuring out whether, you know, whether and which trees to cut down and you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to text one of these people real quick and be like, cut down big trees. Yes or no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's a really complicated answer. Also, most of the people I know who do this are asleep. So (laughs) at least one of them has a newborn child. Oh, they're Um, not asleep then. They're awake. Yeah, then they're probably awake, but also delirious. So I'm not going to ask them right now. But um, just something to keep in mind. I mean, I guess I would say for thirty grand, I don't necessarily see that that's worth it. Right. I mean, if this tree is not dying, then I think cutting down something that's so huge that's been alive on this earth for you know over a thousand years isn't worth thirty thousand dollars. How do you feel about old lobsters? Um, I mean. So I'm I not think lie. lobsters reproduce and grow a lot faster than trees. So yeah, but you got like a hundred year old lobster sitting in that tank next to the three year old lobster. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's how old it is, but like yeah, you 
you look at lobster tanks. Like there's a, there's a place called Burger and Lobster here in the city. It's really good. They they make you know great burgers, burgers and, and lobster. I would assume <laughs> they sure do. Used to be a menu of only three items. You either get a burger, a lobster, or a lobster or a burger, roll. and or, that was or a lobster it. on a burger. <laughs> no, but now actually, but they've expanded their menu ever since. But that was the original concept. Started in Britain. Now it's, now it's in the states. But they have. Uh, but yeah, that's that's general concept. But you go in there, you look at the lobster tanks and the different lobsters that are there. You got like these old lobsters that are huge. And they're obviously a lot more expensive, but you spend more money and you get like this old big lobster. Let's see. Oldest lobster eaten. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that it's just like, I think the oldest lobster ever caught was was estimated to be 140 years old. Yeah, I mean, but, to Arlen's point, right? Like, there's people, obviously, there's people in the fishing and lobster industry, I would assume, as well, right? A 25-pound lobster could be over 100 years old. Yeah. There's got to be some guilt there. Like, the end of Please. your life is to be you eaten serious? by there's some no, fatty. No, there's no <laughs> guilt there. Are you serious? But I think that's why you kind of need bad people about who it. are... But you need people who are in these industries to help make these things renewable resources, right? Like there's no one saying that we right. don't need wood to do things. It's how you sort of manage how things are cut down. How often do you plant? It's all of that stuff that matters. And in this case, I would say the only reason why this is, you know, you Jason's going to look at this and go, oh, well, you were taking pictures and complaining about stuff, which I kind of agree with in this case, because if someone said, hey, you know, some of this stuff is actually, it was before this law came in place and we're aware of this, that, and the other. And just because someone snaps a picture, and they're making a bunch of assumptions, that is kind of problematic because I would hope in a place like Vancouver or a place like British Columbia, they're doing resource they're, you know, they've got renewable resource programs in place for everything from lobsters to trees. You would hope at this point we'd be able to make industries out of that that employ people and allow for us to enjoy things like guitars and lobster rolls. <laughs> well they come from different yeah. sources, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, someone didn't yes. know. Yeah. I don't know. The lobster thing kind of stood out. And the other thing that stands out is the Brian Regan joke where he basically just says a very simple point. Two trucks filled with logs passing each other on the highway in opposite directions. You had logs? We had logs. <laughs> Think about it. That's a good joke. What? <laughs> I'm glad Harlow was here to say, all right, m- move on from your awful joke. That's one of the worst jokes you've ever told on joke. this show. It's and that's even joke. worse. It's a reused joke. You felt that that joke was good enough to re-say it after someone else had said it, and it probably wasn't good then either. You just don't get it. It's like two trucks going the opposite direction filled with logs. That means someone is moving logs from one area to the other, and the other one had logs in that area, which are being driven too. That's the point. All right, let's that's move not on. a joke. That's just like the the bullshit of capitalism explained in one sentence. I'll tell that to Brian Regan. All right, let's move on. <laughs> John, this one this one might hit host close to home, and I mean I mean your real home. I'm talking about Detroit. All right. I'm reading from Fox 2 Detroit. What do you know about Fox 2 Detroit? 
it's Fox, I think. <laughs> like I think it's it's it was kind of the more wacky of the news television sources where it's like the news you're kind of like who's really watching Fox 2? Like you watch it for the Simpsons and that's about it. All right, what was what was your local uh, Detroit news source of Channel 4? Uh, that was the station Channel that 4. I grew up watching. Is that NBC or yes, is that something? It is. I believe it's, it's an NBC affiliate, but it was yeah. yeah, it's Channel Four. Channel Four was my news station. Every once in a while, you'd watch uh, what was it? The ABC affiliate, Channel Seven, Channel Seven Action News from mm. Detroit. Uh, but I never watched Channel Two. They they all had choppers. That they all had Doppler eight thousands, Doppler ten thousands, Doppler. You know where they like they kept saying yeah. like we've got the latest in Doppler technology when it's just like great now the now the thing that spins up at the top of the station tells us humidity <laughs> it's like that yeah. So. yeah we gotta gotta know that humidity all right here we go reading from fox 2 detroit woman gets 385 dollar ticket i should have asked you guys the amount of that ticket i fucked up there for talking too loud on sidewalk she says race is the reason this woman's name is perfect. I couldn't think of a better way to start this article than this. Diamond Robinson says she was walking up and down Cushing Street where she lives in East Point talking on her phone Thursday. That was when she says one of her neighbors approached her. Robinson said the woman asked, do you think that you can get off your phone or talk lower? Quote, one of those things she said, and quote, Robinson said, quote, and I said, "Get out of my face!" And I proceeded to, <laughs> and I proceeded to walk past her. She is saying whatever she is saying. Three minutes later, East Point police pulls up. End quote. Wow, they so got there in three minutes. Three that's minutes. That, that's the, that's that gross point of proximity to gross point. Uh, police. If she was somewhere in Detroit, it would have taken at least a good 25, 30. That's well, if what's they East Point? Up. What's East Point? In so East Point is. Are Detroit? you aware of the area of Gross Point at all? I know that there was a there was a movie was gross, gross point, point blank. blank yeah right um so if you look at detroit and you okay. go north and east a bit of the city okay it's around that area so it's close to the water right it's close to where i'm gonna name things that you don't know but no, like i'm, where look, the I'm detroit looking at that river now. So is, looking at gross point lake st Clair. so it's like it's it's probably west of gross point but in okay. whole that entire area is north and east of detroit of the city okay all right got it cool so robinson started doing a facebook live video quote and i hope you do yeah (laughs) at this point and i hope you know this is all being recorded end quote she said in the video to the officer and to the officers the woman who called the police had just moved to the neighborhood within a couple weeks ago and is white robinson said she was targeted because she is black quote I'm not doing anything wrong by walking up and down the street, talking on my phone and quote Robinson said in the video. But as Robinson continued to record, the police officers wrote her a ticket quote. I get a ticket for being a public nuisance because I'm talking too loud on my phone and quote, she said on the video quote, that's why I got a ticket and quote quote. And that ticket isn't cheap. $385 quote. There's no way police should be called on me when I am on my own property, in my own neighborhood, on my own block, end quote, Robinson said. She said she plans to fight the ticket, and because she's so upset about the whole ordeal, she is now having security cameras installed outside her home. As far as broadcasting everything on Facebook Live, she says she felt like she had no other choice. Quote, a lot of these things are being pushed under the rug, and they don't need to. 
we can sit here all day and we can chant, we can riot, we can do all of these, all of those things, but that is not going to make a change if you don't speak up at that time, at that moment. And quote, she said her message to the women, to the woman who called the police, quote, leave me alone. What's going on? Are you upset? What did I do to you? And quote, the neighbor did not want to speak. I'm sure she sounded exactly like that when she said that as well, just as you said it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming I, that's exactly how she sounded. Probably. Yes. The neighbor the neighbor did not want to speak about the issue, but simply said the fine quote speaks for itself, end quote. <laughs> the police officer what? was this police officer. Yeah, that's all she said. Poli- a police officer was asked about the steep fine, and he said, quote, she will have her day in court, end quote. That's the so whole I'm article. I'm torn on this story, right? Yep. Okay. Because uh, this woman's picture is in the is in the article. So I said, because on one point, on one hand, giving someone a ticket, a three hundred and eighty five dollar ticket is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> so I hope she goes to court and they say, look, don't just try to be more respectful of your neighbors, whatever, whatever. And then she can she can go on about her business. She doesn't need to be charged three hundred and eighty five dollars for a public nuisance. Right. Like that's that's the part where you go, OK, if this was a, if this was a woman of another race, would this have happened to this level? where you feel the need to write them a ticket, right? Like that's the big, that's the part where this, I go, I agree with her hundred percent. You didn't need a ticket. And quite frankly, you probably didn't really need to call the police, but no, but I will say this as an African-American male, there's something about us on the phone. And this has been for generations since the cell phone was invented. I have walked through grocery stores. I have walked through subway terminals. I have walked in restaurants where people are having phone calls on speakerphone. I've been in, I've been in buses. They're having phone calls where the other person is on speaker and they are yelling at the phone. And I can hear the entire conversation. It was worse. It was at its peak. Do any of you remember the the, the Nextel phones? Oh right? yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Where you at? Where you at? Yeah. And that like was the you, worst. that was it was the worst, right? Like that was the speaker the would where be you at? all the way up and then we were talking. Hey, wh- where are you? Where you at? And then you you just hear this, what? and it'd be like, "Can you not make this just at a quieter set? Like, come on, do I? I don't want to hear your phone call. Can you please? You don't? Are you like hard of hearing? Like, what's happening? Can we please put this as a respectable volume? So I'm gonna say <laughs> that she was outside of her house having a very loud conversation early enough in the morning just because she's outside, she's got the hoodie on, she looks like she looks like she's having a comfortable day, right? I just need got you to the, keep got the, the cat phone hoodie on. I just need you to take <laughs> the phone off the speaker. So I, I'm torn because it's one of my biggest pet peeves about my people <laughs> is that we feel the need <laughs> to have cell phone conversations in public where the public can hear. And again, it's talking about the dumbest stuff. What what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Uh-huh. Oh, did you talk to so-and-so yesterday? No. What do you mean no, huh? What do you mean no? It's like it's like, oh my God. It's like, please, please just have this conversation on private. And for whatever reason, we we like to have our conversations in a more comfortable manner, which often means on speakerphone and very loudly. So she probably shouldn't have taken it personally when the woman said, like, look, it's early. Can you just, like, keep your voice down? And then she probably went off. But she also didn't need a ticket. When Someone could come over here and say, goes wrong. One of those situations? It's, it's just she just didn't need a $385 ticket. Like, that's the ridiculous part of this. But that's that's my personal opinion. I, I'm torn on this because I've been, I've been around enough 
to be part of other people's phone conversations. I felt like I, I had this the worst in New York. Like you would be on a bus and it would yeah. someone would be cursing on both ends of the phone. And you're just like, it's it's 830 in the morning. Can you not like can we not have an expletive filled conversation about why you mad at so and so because she didn't give you back the thing that you lent her three weeks, whatever it is. Like I get it's just like it's the stupidest <laughs> stuff that I don't care about. So that's you, that's where I am on this. You you've taken it to a place that I cannot comment. You on. cannot Arlen, do it, so I you're do it up. for you. Arlen, you're up. <laughs> I mean you're not wrong about this. <laughs> and like just the more densely populated of a place you live, the more often stuff like this happens. So yeah, I mean, like there are a lot of loud, unnecessary speaker phone conversations that happen here in New York for sure. Um I definitely don't think it's something that you need to call the cops on someone about. I feel like if we've learned nothing in the last, I mean, several decades, surely, but especially the last year, it's that we really don't need to involve the police in noise complaints. And, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of, like, infographics and, you know, things like that on Instagram that are, like, ways that you can deal with stuff without talking to the police. And one of them is dealing with noisy neighbors. And it's always, like, go talk to your neighbor. That never ends never well, works. by the way. Never works. Ever. <laughs> because if your neighbor is loud, they give zero fucks about you, okay? And if you My tell property. them that they're being too loud, they're just going to get louder somehow. Yes. So don't talk to them. Just it's not going to it's not going to end well for you. I promise, you know, but I mean, really, how long of a conversation was this that this person who is this right? The person who called the cops is new in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, 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 sure is. So a Only new a white lady yeah, moves that's, into and that's a neighborhood. The yeah. And that's, I mean, underline and highlight that. That's the problem, okay? You're new here. So you can't just roll in and then be like, I don't like this. No, no, no. You're new here. You need to just see what's going on and what's normal for your neighborhood before you call the cops about something. Just and quite frankly, and try to get to know really people. Like if you get yeah. to know your neighbors and then when you have that conversation, it's not this accusatory hostile thing. And I agree exactly. with you a 100% where my suggestion, and I'll say this for the city of Detroit, is that I think we need a number that you can call that doesn't involve the police. You need like a conflict mm-hmm. resolution group, right? When you want to talk about defunding the police, how about we make a police force that you call when like there's murder and like real crime. Right. Cause I still want the police to be there. If someone's breaking into my house, please come here and get these people out of my house. But yeah. if it's, Hey, my neighbor's too loud on the phone or Hey, there's some kids out here cooking a barbecue and I don't think they should be. It should be some people who just show up with regular clothes and go, what's the problem? Can I look, you go over there, you go over there. We're not calling the police, chill out and turn your phone down. And then I'm going to go on about my business. And that's what you need. I suggest that across America, this is how we solve the problem. We come up with a new group that you call 
and they come out here and look, and they can just, I, I, I'll be one of these people, right? You just come and say, look, you sit over there, sit, sit down, stop talking to her and you turn your phone down. Now I'm going to leave. And if I come back in five minutes again, all y'all are going to be in trouble. And that's what you, you call. Hate. You call Verizon and then Verizon just jumps in and be like, hey, uh, we're taking y'all speakerphone because someone has, uh, someone's complained about it and you don't need this shit. Yeah. You just need a different <laughs> group. You just need people yeah. who aren't the police. Like the police bring well, a whole level of yeah. tension to things. Or that show aren't up necessary. without a gun. Can you do that? Yeah. That's, yeah. Cool. That's a good start. Someone's loud. All right. You don't need a gun. They're not going to shoot you with their voice. <laughs> well, it's, not John, how this it's interesting that you bring up this idea because it's exactly what a good friend of mine who lives in Minneapolis um, has been doing with like a whole group of people is basically like a like a neighborhood watch like um, type group that can intervene in conflicts instead of, you know, the formal police services and they're just regular people. And most of them are regular people that have, you know, some kind of conflict resolution training or, you know, EMS training or things like that. But that's exactly what they're doing, you know, and they're de-escalating a lot of conflicts that are just like neighborhood interpersonal conflicts that if the if the police were called could easily escalate into someone getting murdered. Um, so, yeah, I mean, communities are doing this and it is working. So that would be my suggestion for this because I don't think she needed a ticket, but I do think that she probably need to take her phone off a of speaker and she probably need to stop cursing and talking so loud. So mm-hmm. you, don't, I think you don't even know if she was cursing. You're, you're filling in some blanks there. Uh, I've, I've been in too many. <laughs> I've been in too many situations. And look, I won't. I, I won't even just something. say this is this, this isn't just black people. I've I've heard this in L.A. and I've heard it through Spanish, right? Like it's just something about it's the passionate groups in our communities. That tend to have this issue, right? There's a lot of love. There's a lot of passion in the phone conversation. And we don't need to hear that in public. You can have that in your own house. But I don't need you to be on your lawn at 830 in the morning cursing at so-and-so because so-and-so did you wrong. And then, you know, like, I just, we don't need that. But I just need her, I need this other woman, I need this other woman to not be terrified of everything. And not call the police for these things. And the police go, I have to go out here. And the police are coming in expecting a conflict versus someone who goes, okay, we're getting a call about someone being too loud on their phone. I can walk up in here with regular clothes, not some uniform with a gun and a taser and a car with lights. Like, you don't need all of that. You don't need to ma'am, show that are level you okay? of force. Ma'am, and just you, be like, ma'am, stop okay? being so, ma'am, stop being so scared. Stop calling every time that you're unhappy with something. Chill out. You go over there and you turn off your speakerphone. I'm out. And that's all you needed. And that would show up in like song. a in like a sweater vest. That's it. That's it. Just a sweater vest, some some khakis, some chinos, some brown shoes, maybe a clipboard to write down some names and some information. Yeah, a clipboard. And that would was help. it. That's all you need. Khakis. Needed. I don't know. We saw a bunch of those people in Charleston. <laughs> jeans. Just some nice yeah. some nice pressed jeans. Dark dark jeans, sweater vest. Glasses. Very inviting. Sure. Maybe it should just look. We're looking for jobs for the for the the boomers who are who are starting to age. I think that's mm. a perfect resolution. Get 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 some grandmothers, some grandfathers, some parents out there who can sit there and handle a situation calmly and tell everyone to chill out. Say, look, white lady, stop being so terrified. It's gonna be okay. 
It's going to be okay. It's fine. It's fine. What do you, do you want to talk about the noise? I'll sit here and talk to you about how things are not the way they used to be. Yes, ma'am. I hear you. I understand. If you need to go tell Diamond over there, Diamond, I get it. Like, you got to turn <laughs> Her the name is Diamond. Down. It you really take is. The speakerphone down. You just got to chill out. I see you shining out here, but just shine a little less. <laughs> Shine inside the house. Yes, inside oh, shining, not outside. The, shine the, the, not the world doesn't need to see it. There's a the world idea. doesn't need to see it. <laughs> oh man, you can't you can't get better than that. So I, I think it's time to move on. I don't have anything for reddish blues, blacks, Jewish. Um, Let's get into it. I'm ready. I'm ready so, to talk about married at first sight. Now Let's do wait, it. hold on a second before we get into that. I got a I got a question for you. All right, as always, we got a question. I just thought of this one, and I'm quite proud of it. Who's older? David Schwimmer, who was recently in the Friends reunion episode, or movie, or whatever the fuck that was, or Paul Giamatti? I will say, I've never watched an episode of Friends, but Alice was watching this. And the three women looked great. The three dudes did not. I'll save I'll save the other ones for a future week because like, <laughs> so, that's that's three in the can right there. So I I would yeah, I mean they just look they just looked a little and now I understand maybe the women have you know they've and again I would say that's that's showing you the patriarchy right there. How people the women feel Matthew the need Perry. they feel the need to keep this upkeep to look like they did thirty years ago and these dudes are just like meh whatever I'm, I'm wow. just gonna I'm just gonna blow my, out my mind is blown. You know what I'm putting Matthew Perry in the list as well. Fuck it. Order these. Who's older? Matthew Perry, David Schwimmer, Paul Giamatti. It's tough because I, I just think those dudes have lived. Um, yeah, I'm going to say they're David both. Schwimmer yeah. looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, they both look rough. I mean, they're in the Paul Giamatti category of guys who are not old, but are look, they? Like they're, like, look like they've lived. I'm going to say they're but, both but, younger. But, but, Paul, but, but Ooh, they do both. Wow, yeah. They both look good. rough. <laughs> <laughs> Going by their, like, top google photos pictures it tells a very interesting story paul giamatti just looks very unique we'll call it that he's got a unique look <laughs> i'm gonna say they're both younger i'm gonna say matthew schwimmer's pretty close or matthew schwimmer matthew, david schwimmer <laughs> you combine name, right? them too i mean matthew doesn't make Perry, it there. it doesn't matthew i'm sorry Perry, david schwimmer they're all kind of the same they all run together for me um I'm going to say they're both younger. I'm going to say Matthew Perry is much younger than we think he is. He's just lived a hard life. (laughs) I'm going to say he's like 49. And I'm going to say David Schwimmer is like 52, 53. All right. Mm. Arlen, what do you think? Gosh, I don't know. Um, I think think David Schwimmer is definitely younger, even though he doesn't look good. Wow. And I think Matt Perry is the same age. Those are my guesses. Okay. All right, here we go. The oldest of the bunch is David Schwimmer. He right, is good for him. <laughs> he's about one year older than Paul Giamatti. And Matthew Perry is two years younger than Paul Giamatti. And when I looked at his Google image, I was like, holy crap, this guy does not look right. <laughs> yeah, he really doesn't. I was like, whoa, this blew my mind. But then you see Paul Giamatti, you're like, he still looks like 60, at least. Like a, <laughs> like a hard 60. And I love the guy, but come on, Jungle Cruise, very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, Matthew Perry's just aged a lot. Yeah, man. Yeah. He, he was in well, the whole nine yards, like- never forget. 
<laughs> Never forget. He's he's gotten like it's not just the face, it's like his whole body <laughs> is just really I next- like just like lumpy like a big potato. I remember next weekend is Paul Giamatti's <laughs> birthday. So again, if anybody's out there who knows Paul Giamatti, let him know. He's welcome on the podcast anytime. And he can play the Paul Giamatti game right with us. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Talk about your bullshit. And uh, I'll <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Arlen, this this is officially done, right? The, this season of Married at First Sight is over. I mean, okay, so have you watched the two reunion shows? I have not, and I'll tell you why, oh. right? I, I watched the final decision day, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was so exhausted of this show by time I by time I got finished with that episode, I was so exhausted. I haven't been able to bring myself to watch the reunion show. I haven't been able to do it. It's sitting there. I I can watch it. I just can't do it because that decision with with Chris and Paige, I was so exhausted by the end of it. I go, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep watching this. Was that the cheating guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous. Is that the cheating guy he, with the girlfriend who on the side? Or then somebody else? Well, I mean, theoretically, she got pregnant, you know, at, before. How does one the- Hold on a second. How does one theoretically get pregnant? Because nobody really knows if he's telling the truth or not. It's hard to tell. Right. Right, but this is that couple. Liar. This is that yes. couple. Yeah. That, that's exactly. He's a lying liar. Okay. That's the best way to put yes. it. Yeah. But the reason, John, that I asked you if you had watched the two reunion shows, which, by the way, are only an hour each, so they're very digestible compared to like these two-hour episodes that they put out for the actual show, is because when I finished the second one, there were previews of like more episodes about the season 12 cast, like follow up. I don't know, not reunion show, but just like follow up episodes, not couples couch. Like, I don't know what it is. And I'm just like, is this a never ending season? Like, what is this? You know? Um, just episodes about like certain couples like moving in together or like looking for houses together or whatever. And I'm, yeah, it was very strange. So that's why when you asked if the season was over, <laughs> my response was, have you watched the reunions yet? No. And that's why um, it just, it, I got to a point where it just kind of felt like it was just kind of dragging on because oh, yeah. the, a lot of the discussions were the same. Their arguments were the same. And this is for all of the couples. It was very similar discussions. And you kind of knew where things were. I would say probably a couple episodes after we last talked about this, we kind of we kind of knew where this was going. Like you kind of knew yeah. maybe there was one big event on one of these couples that would blow this up. But for the most part, as you started to sink into this, you're like, okay, these people are going to stay together, even though they probably shouldn't. These people should stay together. And if the, you know, if Vincent can get out of his own head, he'll be fine. And then this couple, these guys, these, this couple never liked each other. They just, they never got along. It wasn't going to work. But the Chris and Paige stuff to me was so exhausting because I just teetered between, is this manufactured? Paige can't be this dumb, right? Like you go, you go right. through that where you're like, come on, you can't be this dumb. And then he would do this weird thing where he would pull up some theatrics and like that whole episode where they sit on the couch and make the decision. 
Like you're kind of watching this going, this decision's done. Like th- we haven't seen them for weeks. They just disappeared from yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's actually go through the whole thing. So, I mean, since we're talking about like, you know, decision day, we might as well talk about all the decisions because I feel like between the last time that we talked about this and now, Really not that much changed with all of the couples. Like you said, all of their storylines kind of stayed the same. And then we came to Decision Day. So, I mean, obviously... So Decision Day... Is is Decision Day just like, we're going to stay together or we're not going to stay together? Yeah, so at the end of eight weeks, they have to sit down with the, um, the experts. And they have to each say individually whether they want to stay married or get a divorce does anybody does anybody ever sit down with the experts and just look at them dead in the eyes and say how dare you (laughs) Uh, no but sometimes they should (laughs) yeah i feel like based on what i've heard in my limited knowledge that most should say that Mm, i don't know so i mean i i think like i think the decision day with Paige and Chris was was kind of interesting because we got to see behind the scenes quite a bit more than we normally would. So here's what happened. After the last, the last time we talked about this was kind of the middle of the season. And maybe one or two episodes after that, Paige and Chris dissolved their relationship entirely because he's an idiot and they as john said they just fell off the show completely and we saw Paige a few more times but we didn't see chris really what do you mean they just stopped following them around so yeah because they yeah yeah. so what happened was you know they they had this get together where we it sort of looked like maybe they were gonna start try to start over and um they hung out a few more times and they played together say yeah yeah and they they tried to have bible study but he came (laughs) to dinner at her house with like nothing prepared that was my favorite part of this where i was like this guy i just like this guy is a fraud where he's like hey you know you know yo i just uh yo i just think we should get together uh you know and just start and just start new and i'd love to do bible study with you and this is the guy like, who is oh, like oh he wants to do bible study like okay yeah like this mm-hmm. is great this is the marriage i always wanted and they get there and she's like so what are we reading tonight and he's like uh well i thought you could i thought you could lead us off yo and she's like what <laughs> are you like you wanted to have bible study and she's like do you have a favorite verse a favorite book and he's just three like Corinthians, uh, three Corinthians, because something, he's a, something. He's a fraud. <laughs> I I don't yeah. think other than isn't going this to the church. guy? Isn't this the dude <laughs> who just wanted to like? He was like all about just like having sex with this girl. Like, wasn't that the whole thing? Well, he was like, I'm, I'm trying to have a honeymoon, baby. Yeah, like and then, that was and then after and then after he yeah. slept with her a bunch of times, he's like, "Well, I'm not attracted to you." <laughs> yeah, all right, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. same same guy, and he's like, and then she's like, "So wait, you wanted to have Bible study, but you don't actually, you don't have anything here. Like, you don't have anything that you want to talk about." So it's just he's just a fraud. 
Like they would play basketball. They would do all these random things. It's very clear the show was like setting up for them. Like, hey, if you both appear at this time, we'll film you doing this stuff. You guys can talk to each other. And every time that she kind of was like, hey, I'm willing to try this, he would come up with some real weird roundabout thing. And then she would question him on that. And then he'd storm off like a child. And that's just kind of what kept happening. And then eventually got to the point where I thought Paige was like, this is stupid. I'm not going to keep wasting my time. So they just kind of stopped showing them because I'm assuming that they had set days where they would do filming. And they were just like, I'm not showing up to this. I'm not going to do this. And I was like, good. This is over as it should be. Yeah. But the crazier thing about that whole situation is that they got together, remember, to play pool and then he was like, I don't think we should do this anymore yeah. because, you know, you never call me back when I call you. And, you know, you're just not being the kind of partner that I need. And she was like, are we in the Twilight Zone? Like, what are you talking about? And at that point, she finally, finally was like, I need to get out of this. I can't do this anymore. And also I need to choose myself. And maybe I was obsessed with the idea of marriage instead of like this marriage. And it seemed like she really came to her senses. And yeah, then he stopped showing up to things and she still attended like at the end of the season, they do like a couple's retreat and everyone gets together you know, somewhere else, um, a little outside of wherever, whatever city they live in and in Atlanta. share like, yeah, a house together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, she went to that and we still got to see her and how she was doing. Right. Didn't she go to that? Or maybe she didn't. Well, she, she didn't go to the one where all the couples got together where that dude, Jake was eating like eight eggs by himself. <laughs> just, oh, like, God. Just, so, so, so I think they went to, I, I believe they went to the Carolinas. I think I'm trying yeah, to remember. Yeah. I think they drove North up to Carolina? like Hilton head or something like that. I think they yeah. went to Hilton head and which isn't yeah. far, right? Like I lived in Savannah. Hilton head is maybe two hours from Savannah. So it's maybe let's say three hours from Atlanta, three, maybe four hours. Mm-hmm. So they sort of drive on this trip and it's like, Hey, you guys have been living separately. Now we're going to put you all together again. So you can start to talk about your relationships and try to make it feel like it would in the real world, right? Where you, you and a bunch of friends go on a trip and how do you deal with that? And so this dude, Jacob, and I forget her name. I'm trying to remember what her name Haley. is. Haley. And it's very clear that the entire time that they're just not getting along, she doesn't really like him and he's just weird. And she can't tell him that he's just weird. So it's just this weird tension where he's just like, well, you don't like me. And she's like, well, I'm trying. And he's like, but you're not. And they would just sort of have that conversation over and over and over again. What a weird exchange. But she also kept being like, he never asks me anything about myself. And I try to ask him questions about himself. And he doesn't ask me anything about me. And then he just wants me to like be attracted to him and I can't be attracted (laughs) to him if I don't know anything about him. Yeah. And like all of the footage, you know, that they published onto this show verifies that pretty well, you know, and I'm, it's obviously edited, but at the same time, like, is this to do with his house? Yes. Yeah, with the house, yeah. with like the beach, yeah, like that guy. Yep. fake beach or whatever. 
And um, yeah, there's like no evidence that he really asked her much about herself. It's true. And like they did all these little exercises, you know, from the from the um, experts and he would just the stuff he would say was so weird. It's just weird, right? To me, he is and again, this is a guy that gets to this house early and he's and she's like, "Hey, we're going to cook dinner for everyone," right? They drove separately and she goes, "Hey, it'd be really great if we can cook dinner for all the other couples when they get here." He gets there, I would say, let's say an hour early to be generous. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, I'm tired of waiting, so I'm going to cook a bunch of eggs cuz he's on the carnivore diet." So this he literally just eats steak and eggs. He just eats steak and eggs. So he sits there and literally cracks open like eight eggs and fries them and puts them on. So she walks into this dude eating a plate of eggs and she's like, hey, so I thought we were cooking for everyone. And he was like, well, I was tired of waiting. So I decided to cook some eggs. And she's like, oh, this and he's is also why. Like, yeah. I didn't realize that's what we were doing. And she's like, we <laughs> had a whole conversation about this. Like, do you not remember that? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. So he was just, and again, he's just weird. He's just a dude that's very clearly on the internet all the time. He's, he's, you know, he works out. He's got this house where he's turned it into a beach because he doesn't want to talk to anybody else. And he was kind of just looking for some girl that would just, oh my God, you're the greatest, sexiest man alive. I just want to stay in your house forever. That's what he's looking for. And that it wasn't her. <laughs> it just guy, happened to not guy, be her. This guy would do a pretty good job at starting a cult. I think he would. Yeah. And yeah. so like he, and so during that, group, not saying he Paige, should Paige and Chris didn't show up to that. But right. I think Paige showed up when the women all got together again, and then all the men got together again. And yeah, she yeah. was like still around for like other parts of filming, and we got to sort of hear how she was doing and stuff. And then, yeah, we didn't see Chris at all, and it was kind of like what a relief! All of that is over. <laughs> like, like she's away from this like, crazy guy. Yeah. And then decision day rolls around and the two of them show up and she's kind of, you know, it's, she is confident in her decision that like she's done with this and this relationship is not something she needs in her life. And then Chris sits down and starts, you know, getting all teary eyed and is like, Mercedes lost the baby. And, you know, I and like, first of all, who knows if Mercedes was even pregnant at all to begin with or if this was just something made up. And then he starts spewing all this stuff about how like. You know, he really, she was like, that, like, Paige was, like, the best thing that he never appreciated and, you know, is, like, the person that he really should have and needs in his life and, like, really wants to, you know, wishes he had tried to make this work and, like, somehow confuses her into, like, considering staying married and it's like what insane yeah i mean he truly like turns on the waterworks storms out 
you know, like, goes to his car, and she, like, takes the bait and follows him, and is like, are you okay? You know, and he's all like, I just blah, 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 whatever bullshit he was saying. And, like, they just go back inside, and he has, like, truly, like, like, manipulated her emotionally to the point where she's considering what he proposes as not making a decision at all. Yeah. And so this, the experts are like, what decision have you made? And he's like, we are mutually deciding that we're not going to make a decision because we're not ready. And Pastor Cal is like, first of all, who's Pastor Cal? Wait a minute. Who's Pastor Cal? He's one, he's one so of the experts. There's three experts. experts. So, the, three so experts. the experts are Pastor Cal, Dr. Viviana, and Dr. Pepper. Who is my favorite? Wait a minute. No, <laughs> oh, Dr. no, oh no, 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 no. This is so fucking stupid. What, what's wrong with you people? No, no, no. Oh, You're wrong. It's great. It's great. Anyway. You got Dr. Pepper, you could have said anything. You could have lied to me. And you two could have been in agreement like, look, we're not going to tell him the guy's name is Dr. Pepper. We don't well, need it's, it's, to it's 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 I was about to say. I was about to say, it's not a guy. All right, it's I a, apologize. Yeah. It's a woman. She is a, a she woman. is a psychiatrist, I believe. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Doctor Pepper. Did you know that she's seventy five? And she looks great. She looks excellent. Anyway, I'm so looking, I'm looking her up. I'm looking so her up. Like, is she? She's older than Paul Giamatti, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have maybe. I would have maybe guessed that she was barely older than Paul Giamatti. I wouldn't have guessed that she was that she was in her seventies. Pepper I Schwartz. Yes, she's yeah, one of Dr. yours. So why is she by Doctor Schwartz? Because Dr. She's Pepper Dr. Pepper is better. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Anyway, for a seventy-year-old so... woman, she looks all right. And 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 yeah. Arlen, I will say my favorite moment of that was was when Dr. Viviana was like, she was just, so mad. She was just like, I- I'm like enough, stop. Like, mm-hmm. like I I can't let this happen. It was the first time that I was like, oh, like she actually like it's very clearly that she does real like they see this. The experts weren't trying to make TV with these two, and right. she was just like enough. Like I can't watch this happen. Because this mm-hmm. is very clearly you're manipulating her at this moment. And I'm sitting here watching this, and we can't just let you do this. This is ridiculous. And it was. And it was literally whatever, what all the rest of us watching this have been thinking for the last four months of this is ridiculous. She's either either Paige is just just the most caring person in the world, and she's just she can't find a way to just not realize that this is that this is ridiculous. Or Paige is just, there's something missing. She's just not that bright. And Dr. Viviana was just like, I can't. Paige, I could tell in your face when you walked in here that you had made your decision. Do not let what just happened influence your decision. And I think that's when Paige was kind of like, huh, okay. I, like she snapped out of it, of this, so, whatever mm-hmm. this thing was in. And that's why it's so frustrating watching this because she just gets pulled into this. And it's because she's in love with the idea of marriage. And yeah. she thinks this is the chance and I can't blow this chance. It makes me look bad. And it's like, this has nothing to do with you. This dude is a clown and you just happen to be the wrong person who had, who happened to get involved in this. And I think Paige just couldn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. And that was really like a breaking of the fourth wall moment where, you know, Dr. Viviana and the other experts all were just like, 
no, no, no. Like, this is not what we intended and this is not what we want. And, you know, this is not, we can't endorse this continuing. And, and then like Paige actually like walked out of the room again and like, she was really upset. And then the cameras followed her and like, they, they like followed the producers, like a couple of the producers that she had become, you know, closer with talking to her and it was kind of nice to see them you know really push her to be like why are you questioning your decision you know like what is it about this situation that has you questioning your judgment because of course like juicy reality tv is them deciding not to make a decision and then following up on it later you know but no one wanted that from the production yeah. team and that was obvious they were like we can't let this continue and they actually talked because... more about it yeah in the reunion shows they go into it a little bit more and they're all all three of the um experts were like we were very concerned about Paige during this whole thing and you know we couldn't they all wanted to pull her out of it but they were like we can't you know, force someone to stop the process. Like they have to want to get out of it themselves just because we put it in motion doesn't mean that we can like put a stop to it if they don't want to end like working on it. And it's very clear Um, that Chris is just not a good guy. Like you hate saying that about people. He's a narcissist. He's a classic narcissist. He has no empathy for any other person but himself he's truly like he has mental health issues and interestingly also in one of the reunion shows i think it was the second one um he like goes off on his remember like his pastor friend they pull him on as like a guest and he tries to say something and like um Chris goes off on him and whatever it's a whole drama but they bring him back and then he like eventually leaves and they bring on one of Paige's um bridesmaids and she was just like I knew that he was bad news from the beginning (laughs) you know and I didn't I didn't want to like rock the boat too much or whatever, but I got a, I I got a question. I got a question about the bridesmaids thing. Wait, 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 but let me just finish this. Okay. So the reason I brought her up is because she clearly says, um, you know, Chris is a really good example of why, um, mental health and awareness around mental health is really important, especially in the black community. Yep. And, you know, I'm glad that she said that because I think he is an example of, uh, you know, someone who really needs some kind of mental health intervention and is just causing problems for other people because he doesn't have his own shit together. Yep. Agreed. A hundred because you're watching that and you're just like, oh man, like just it's just the way that he just immediately flips off the handle, the way that he immediately mm-hmm. just manipulates her of going, well, well, you aren't doing enough either. It's all of these things instead of realizing all of this 
is his it's on him all of it from the beginning it was always mm-hmm. on him and he just could never see it and so that's when i just got exhausted of watching this because you're also watching someone who very clearly was struggling to tell him this when the rest of us think it's very obvious because obviously you're watching an edited cut on tv but you're also watching this this woman page be stuck in this situation that seems like it's damaging her mental health and i was like this isn't fun watching this mm-hmm. like this is miserable to watch where it's one thing if the guy wants to eat eight eggs he's a little quirky okay i can get on with some of this weirdness i can't get on with that that was it was it was hard to watch what's and so the that's time when I was just yeah. Like, yeah what's the time between marriage and decision day it's two eight months weeks. right yeah two months yeah eight, eight weeks. weeks all right so like at any point do the uh do like the expert apologize <laughs> They did actually. To, they they apologized yeah. the page and said, "Look, like Dr. Cal, at some point, because they do these sort of mid checkups and these things." And he sat down with her before when Chris was sort of just gone, and they're inside this apartment that they're supposed to be living together. And he was like, "Look, Paige, first of all, I'm sorry." When we set this up, when we try to go through this process, this is what we try to do. We don't ever intend this. We're not here just sure. We're making a show, but it's not about the show. This is about your life. I was impressed with that because on the other hand, watching all 40 episodes of the Australia version of this, oh, there were no apologies. It was it was a mess. That thing was a dumpster fire for pretty much every night for uh, three months. It was crazy. And then you watch this and it's like, oh, like they actually care about these people. They're trying to actually put them together with someone. So like they did apologize, but then right as he was apologizing, Chris walks in and does one of these things where he sits on the side of the couch and Dr. Kyle's kind of like, hey man, make, I mean, the fact that he told him multiple times privately, make good decisions. Mm -hmm. You've got, this isn't about you. Make good decisions you've got to stop doing what you're doing he was trying to do it in a way that's like this isn't about the tv show man you're making awful decisions make better decisions and it's very clear that the the panel of experts felt awful about this and i would say that's the first time normally on reality tv they're just like well it's just a show sorry it's very clear that everyone involved with this was like nah this isn't good like we they all i would say if you ask them they all collectively felt a little guilty for the fact that this guy turned out to be kind of the monster that he is. I mean, it was, it was sociopathic behavior, which was terrifying mm-hmm. to watch on, on reality television. Yeah. Well, yeah. So luckily at the end of the day, she was smart enough to say she wanted to get a divorce and, you know, she get half a shit shows. Have no. nothing. <laughs> no. And on the reunion shows, they were still very much not together. So that's a relief. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I mean, speaking of like definitely questionable situations, I would say like the other couple that was really hard to watch was Virginia and Eric, and they continued to be really hard to watch for the second half of the season in a way that I just saw so many red flags of emotionally abusive behavior coming from him. Yep. And I was really not happy to see them stay together um, because I just worry for her, you know? Um, The whole situation with him sort of saying i mean saying all those weird things about her dog 
Yeah, like, that was just weird. Of it was like a personal oh attack God, on her. So of like weird. your dogs badly behave because you're a terrible person. He basically said that, and she's just like, "What are yeah. you talking about?" And look, the fact that he basically every single time they had an argument would be like, "Well, if you don't like it, then just leave. Then just go. We don't have to be married. Just leave." And it's very clearly manipulative behavior. And Terrible. yeah, I think I think He's she as like, much I'm as he done. yeah I'm yeah. Done. And as much as he needs help, she needs help as well because it's very clear she she's sort of hiding some stuff. Every time you sort of saw her, they kind of made a point that she was drinking something. And mm-hmm. she's young and she still wants to go out and party and do all these things, which is fine. But it's very clear that, like, yeah, you two both need to go your separate ways and talk to some people and sort your own mess out before you come together with anybody, let alone each other. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. There was just so much gaslighting from him sort of saying all of these. I mean, he kept on saying, you know, if this or if that, you know, then you can leave or if this, then I'm done or that's just how it is, you know, very unyielding. And then at the same time, he would turn around and be like, I don't give ultimatums. I just want to be here for you. I just want you to care about me. And, you know, like playing the victim, it was just like classic manipulator. And no one said anything about it from the experts like perspective. There was just nothing about that. And even in the reunion show, the guy, I forget Kevin, the guy who like hosts the reunion shows, this guy, Kevin, he like will just ask all the questions that everyone else wants to ask. And he asks them very straightforwardly. And he was just like, well, you know, what about Virginia and Eric? I mean, like, they had all these conflicts and, you know, they didn't see eye to eye politically. And like, what about all that? And the experts were kind of just like, yeah, but they learned how to communicate and everything was fine. And now they're together. And it's like, yeah, or he's like slowly breaking down all of her independence. And, you know, five to 10 years from now, she's gonna like somehow get out of this and have like a ton of emotional problems to deal with then. I don't know. And There was, like, that whole thing about where are they going to live? Are they going to live in his house? Like, he doesn't like her cats, and he supposedly is allergic to them, but really is just, like, trying to, I don't know, separate her from, like, anyone or thing that she has an emotional connection to, including her dog and cats. And... In the reunion show, there was, like, no update about their living situation or, like, what happened to her pets or anything. So, I'm worried about Virginia. Yeah, and again, I don't think that one is going to stick. The only relationships I think that are going to stay, and again, I think that they tried to manufacture stuff between Vincent and Brianna. That relationship yeah. seemed like it was fine. But at the same time, Vincent is just, he's got he's insecure. He's got to get out of his own head, which I think he should be fine. But it's just any time yeah. there was some question about, and it was the dumbest stuff, like, oh, he doesn't like the dance salsa, so he's going to sit here and they're going to make 20 minutes of him pouting out of it. And I was like, okay, like, how much of that is really manufactured to make us think, oh, maybe this won't work? It's like, no, this is probably going to work. And if it breaks up, it'd be something outside of this television show. And then the other yeah. couple was just weird. I just didn't understand where this guy just kind of, I forget, I'm forgetting the other names of, um, Oh, Clara and Ryan. Yeah. Their those whole two. situation. I couldn't tell if like, uh, 
if the conflict between them or like the sort of lack of chemistry was editing and based on the the reunion shows like I think a lot of like a lot of their scenes make it seem like there's a lack of chemistry between them but I think that it was just highly edited to make it seem like more dramatic than it was um but I mean the big issue between them was that like he wouldn't have sex with her, but would allow lots of other things to happen. Yeah. And, and that's the then weird say thing. That, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, sex is like somehow specially reserved for like certain relationships only, or for like certain amount of emotional intimacy. But like, if you're doing everything else, that's still sex, you know? And she was like really frustrated by that, but also not communicating clearly to him about that. And but then the just thing complaining that was weird, about though, it to everyone else. Yeah. But he would also just brag the entire show about how he's never told anyone that he's loved him. And the way that he would say it was like, yep, never done it. Yep. Never done it. And I was like, that's just weird. So like, weird. why does this, like, why does this matter to this level where you're just like, yep, I've, I've never told anyone. Yep. I've never said the word. It's like, you can't even say it now. So it was just, Again, it was just like they were both weird and then sort of at the end. But then when he was talking, it was like, hey, we're going to move in together. And it's like, really? It's like you're you. I thought that you hated her the way that you would kind of. So, yeah, I would say there's probably a bit of editing. But long term, I don't know how many of these actually withstand the test of time once the TV show is gone and moved on to another season. Um, But Um, the only I mean, quite a few have. But um, in the reunion show, they were not only still together, but. Um, you know, in a roundabout way, confirmed that they have sealed the deal physically. And then, um, on the show, he was like, yeah, I do love you. And she was like, oh my God, what? And like, so, you know, I guess they got over that hurdle. Um, which is great. I mean, my opinion of that situation is that he just is a control freak and like needs yeah. to feel in control, even in relationship situations, which newsflash is impossible because yes, you can't control to truly be, <laughs> I mean, just like to be really, you know, vulnerable in the way you need to be emotionally in a relationship, you have to relinquish that control and, you know, that's not an easy thing, but it's something that you need to do. And so, I mean, it looks like he did finally. So, you know, hopefully that sticks, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, after the Chris and Paige stuff, that's when I sort of, and again, I'd made it through most of it. I just, maybe I'll go back and watch the reunion shows now that we've talked about it. Cause I just couldn't, and they always tease the stuff with Chris storming out and cursing at somebody. And then Paige kind of looking like a sad puppy dog, like, oh, well, I don't really know what to do. Yes, he's a monster, mm-hmm. but you know, I feel for him. It's like, I can't keep doing that. So I enjoyed it, but I will say, as far as the reality TV show factor, the Married at First Sight Australia, that show is a is a it's a dumpster fire and it's entertaining to watch because it is a mess and it's on all the time it's like they'll do four episodes in a week that are an hour and a half long each time what? and it's it's a ton of it's it's a ton of content and it's madness australian people are i nuts. just don't even want that i don't even want that you know it's like, nuts it's nuts and it was this no. i felt genuinely sad at the end for 
page, but the Australian one, I was like, you're all terrible people. And I hope none of you, (laughs) I wish none of you happiness long term because you're all monsters who want to be on reality TV. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't forget that what we said was after season 12, you're going to watch season 11. So I will. Me and and Alice will start watching season 11 now that it's the summertime in the States and there's not as much trash to watch on tv i will roll back and watch season 11 and then we can catch up the next time that we talk to you then yes it is truly the polar opposite of season 12 so i'm really excited for you guys to watch it and i think it would also be a fun one to bring alice on the show for too yes we can we can bring her on and we can chat about season 11. But yeah, she was she was so used to watching the Australia one that this one she was like it just kind of got boring. <laughs> Which is true. This season did get boring though. It really did. I mean, you know, the second half, it was like the first half it was like too much of Chris and Paige and then the second half it was like, wow, I guess when you take Chris and Paige out yeah, of the there's show nothing. it's just yeah. boring. So, it wasn't the best. So so Jason, season 11 you're going to watch? No. just try it just try it i it's way better than this and i think there are elements of it that you will actually like Mm, no how about this that's a that's a a hard that's a that's a no for me dog i'm out just watch like the first (laughs) nope three episodes no how much time is that it's like three hours yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do for three actually hours? like six hours? But yeah. <laughs> any, any anything else? Anything else? Well, well okay. So I'll my watch. contribution outside of Married at First Sight that uh, that I've been watching for media therapy is I am rewatching Felicity. Oh, throwback throw back i was obsessed with this show when it was on the air originally which is when i was in middle school and i still remember like the broad strokes of the plot but not enough of the nuances for it to like it still feels new to me but not like anything unexpected is going to get thrown at me either. So I kind of, I like it. Nice. The only thing I know about this show is that it was created by JJ Abrams and the guy that directed the planet of the apes movies, Matt Reeves. That's the only thing I know about this show. And it's super weird to be like, those two are in charge of this show. I like, like I think it came up on something, some podcast I was listening to a few years ago when I was working on one of those apes movies and they were talking about Mm -hmm. Felicity and they're like, yeah, Matt Reeves was doing, I was like, really? Like this is Matt Reeves, so yeah, it's never watched it, but uh, but yeah, your friends, the only your friend Matt Reeves, right? Yeah, the guy that I've never talked to, but I worked for in some capacity. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's very, um, it's so of its time, you know, in like a very comforting way, um, because it's very '90s New York, and it's like a a sort of it's not a teen drama because they're in college. So it's like a little bit, you know, more mature than that, but not much. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's easy to watch. Could we, uh, I want to, I want to talk about the mighty ducks for a second. All right. 
No spoilers. I'm not going to spoil it. But if you so have you seen episodes one through nine? I think so. What happens in episode nine? I've seen. Okay. Episode. Let me put it this way. Episode nine is the only episode with no hockey in the episode. I don't think I saw episodes. It's more about a bunch of children, drama, and uh, and there's a party. And if that doesn't Uh, ring a bell, then you have not seen it. I did. I did see it. I did see it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, It was fine. I I watched the finale this morning, uh, and it's good. I think Disney Plus has an issue, and it might be related to COVID and how they had to shoot things. Mm-hmm. There just seems to be they have a really tough time of like of all the f- series I've watched on Disney Plus so far. I don't think any of them have satisfactor have satisfactorily. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but satisfactorily. And, yeah. All right. So I got it right. Have done that for a season finale in in any show. But this has come close. I like the idea of what they did. I did not like the execution for some reason it, it was it was a little weird and maybe that was also because i watched it at 7 30 in the morning when i was like half awake but i i i'm not gonna lie i love this series uh all in all i think you got a pretty solid mighty ducks four out of this series i don't know I don't know that i want another season from this but i feel like i'm gonna get it and i and I hope that the same thing happens where I go in thinking this is going to be shit. And then I end up watching it and I'm like, oh, actually, it's pretty good. But I, I, you know, good luck, because I think as a one off arc, it works really well. I think they end it perfectly and I don't want any more of it. I think uh, Emilio Estevez should go back to eating donuts or whatever he was doing. <laughs> he should go back to whatever <laughs> hole he was in before they pulled him out and made him do 10 episodes. Well, he crushed <laughs> it so well here. He was in every episode. The guy was like one of the main characters. He's not a he's not a B character here. He was very important to the to the series. He uh, so, yeah, but like I said, what, whatever he was doing before, you know, he's just a little, a little puffier. But he's still great. He's still, a little he's, puffier. Yeah. He's still Gordon Bombay. He's still that guy who got squashed in the elevator at Mission Impossible 1. I'm just saying. He's still that guy. He's still great. Um, But yeah, don't, don't sleep on it. Don't snooze on it. I highly recommend it. If you're looking for, if you want a Mighty Ducks 4, I can tell you it's definitely better than Mighty Ducks 3. Because that movie sucks. It's bad. Uh, it's real bad. I mean it's not good at all um some would argue that i don't know if any of those movies are good it's been a while since i've rewatched them i just i just like that part in the second movie where the where the iceland for some reason the bad guys are from iceland which is ridiculous yes and then and then that coach yells the goalie at one point which is very fun <laughs> uh so but yeah i this this show is great it's just got a lot of heart it's a lot of fun and uh it's good light light viewing i enjoyed it um, and then, yeah, that's it. Otherwise, I've been watching some CNN. <laughs> <laughs> so media wise for me, there hasn't been much other than I have been heavily looking into Unreal Engine 5 for yeah. fun because a lot of the new Beta video release. game stuff has come out. I am interested in video games because what, what, what was it? The Horizon. Oh, yeah. <sighs> whatever that trailer was. Forbidden West. 
yes, we are moving very quickly into where my world and video games collide. <laughs> and so that's been my media therapy of, ooh, look at this. Look at all these fancy new things to, to look at that you are going to make the future so of content. Horizon so. is not made in the Unreal Engine. Horizon is made in no, their own, it's made their own Gorilla thing, Engine, still, the Decibel Engine. Yeah, yeah, it's just the fact that we're seeing new technology coming in through video games and it looks very cool. So, yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. I'm excited. Well, you know, the beta came out for unreal so you can download. Yes, I I have it. I am. It's open on my computer as we speak. (laughs) Very cool. So, yeah, very cool. Well, I got, I got nothing else. So then uh, we can, we can wrap this thing up. Arlen, thank you for joining us. Thank you Um, for having me. You're always welcome, Arlen. Always, always always welcome. Maybe not to talk about that nonsense, but for that long. (laughs) Uh, But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I know you're passionate about it. Look, I talk about shit that I'm passionate about and no one cares about. So, hey, by all means, talk about that shit that I don't care about. You know what, though? There's more people that care about this than care about some of your nonsense. So, it's all nonsense is always, it's always relative because I was was heavy against Married at First Sight, but I I enjoyed my time. I would spend my time again watching it. Um, Really? Yes, I would. It was entertaining. It was good. It was good. And uh, other than Chris you know, being a narcissistic, terrible human being. Um, it was an interesting process. It felt a lot more wholesome than some of the other things that I've watched. <laughs> so let's put it that way. Great. Good stuff. Well, I'm just glad those experts apologized. That was, that was the one thing I was concerned about. I'm happy to hear that they did that. Well, till next week, check out, uh, you know, review us, you know, do that thing. Let's see. Let's take a look at the reviews here. Let's see what we got. Did anybody review us? I got my, uh, I got it. Ah, Jesus Christ. Give me a minute. All right. I'm loading up the app. I got my iPad here. Podcasts. Gonna assume that's a no. Well, I'm Jason, working on it. Greg wants you to review Kimika. What do you mean? Like, actually? Like, verbally on this podcast. <laughs> uh, sure. Does he want that at the beginning or the end? Well, we're at the end now. <laughs> All right. Did he say he wants me to review it? Like he sent you a message saying he wants me to review it now. He said, tell Jason to plug my restaurant. <laughs> hey, everybody. Go to and since you showed up to this recording drunk because of him. <laughs> hey, 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 nobody said I was drunk. Who said I was drunk? <laughs> you said you were drunk. I never said I was drunk. I said I had a few drinks. That doesn't mean I'm drunk. Interesting. I don't think small man. A few a few drinks is is quite a lot. I'm small and I'm shrinking, but I I will say that I I don't think I slurred at all. I think I I think I handled myself quite well. This is definitely better than the last time. Uh, Last time I was hungover, not drunk. Let's be clear. I'll tell you what. I'm on the website for Kamika NYC, and there are some beautiful colors and some tasty looking food on here oh yeah and there's also, a picture of oh, here yeah. with a cocktail that's got a flower and some crushed ice so yes yeah. um crushed looking ice. at these pictures if it, you're in new york i want to try this so i would go for it it's great um just um, looking at these images they've made me hungry <laughs> there there are some amazing stuff i had some great great food great drinks uh greg has put together a phenomenal cocktail menu every everyone's a banger and uh some amazing food as well if you go for brunch you can get a masha mochi french toast and that's all you really need to know but 
I did not go for the matcha mochi French toast tonight. Um, we had a whole bunch of other shit. I think we had like 15 plates of things. Uh, there was a oh. tuna tartare, which was quite good. There was uh, we got some of this, those like seaweed breadstick things, which were great. There were some uh, some spicy olives. I don't even like olives for the most part, but those really? are great. You don't like olives. Huh. It's fine. I, I've come around to them. You know, we, we had a bit of a love hate relationship. And now I think we're on good terms. Uh-huh. Uh, there was we got a couple flatbreads. The flatbreads there are incredible because the bread that they're on. You ever have a puri? From uh, like an Indian puri, is it like a roti bread? No, okay. I mean, maybe it is sort of similar. Yeah, <laughs> I guess a little bit. Yeah, puri. Then, I just think of no, like, Jason. I haven't had this bread that you named of. All right, fair <laughs> enough. But it's basically like a fried flat flat bread, and it's. It awesome. sounds like a rot. That sounds like a roti bread to me. It's yeah, a fair, it's then fair enough. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little roti. It's a little roti like. Okay, so you got that. So we had a couple of those. Those were great uh what else the, oh the uh the prochetta that thing that's like a biggest slab of meat that was great let me just say everything we had was delicious i'm just looking at so, the drinks i mean man the drinks are good the uh the spritz this is what i miss about new york it's this is when people show me pictures of food <laughs> it's like come on over <laughs> come on over i still i still got mike's air mattress come on over yeah i might have to pretty sure that thing's been here for a decade anyway <laughs> So yeah, go to Kimika, review this podcast. Nobody else reviewed us, so but remember that if you do, John will send you a dollar of some spendable currency, not Bitcoin. But maybe now, maybe now is the time to send Bitcoin because it's, maybe it's it tanking. Because it's tanking, uh, it's tanking fast until Elon Musk. Or maybe it'll be one hundred trillion dollars of Zimbabwe. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, right. Can you send that through Venmo? Lots of possibilities. Sure. Great. You'll, you'll love to see it. Well, until next week, Arlen, thanks again. This, Thank you. This podcast is over. <laughs>